Well, this morning we're going to take a detour from what we've been studying. Um, it's time to enter the promised land. And we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is based around giving thanks to God for all of our friends, our family, our homes, our jobs, and all of our blessings. Now, do we just wait till Thanksgiving and give them thanks? No, we need to do that every day. So there's really no better name for this holiday than Thanksgiving. Everybody that's not even saying thanks for the rest of the year will thank him for something on Thanksgiving Day. I don't know about you, but we used to sit around the table and each one would say what they were thankful for, you know, in our family gatherings years ago. And so we need to be doing that every day. Every day we need to get up in the morning and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for sweet sleep that you gave me last night. Even if you tossed and turned and maybe you had to wake up with the wind during the night. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You know, I have a warm bed. I have a warm home. You know, you think about all the things that are going on around us. We are so thankful. We are so blessed. Blessed over and over and over again. And, and some of you will have a prayer of thanksgiving at your meal. And, of course, we need to be thanking God every meal, not just Thanksgiving meal. But some of you may be reliving pain of losing someone. Maybe you've lost a loved one. And it was around this time of the year. I know my brother went home to be with Jesus in, in November. And, um, you know, I think of that. But I know that he's better off than I am. <laughs> I know that he's with Jesus. And I know that uh, I praise God for that because I know for years he was not saved. And I kept praying for his salvation. And a year before he got cancer, he ended up being saved. So I just praise God for that. We never give up. You know, he was 53 years old and I never gave up on praying for him. We don't give up on people. We keep praying and we keep believing and we keep trusting. Or maybe a situation has come up that maybe you've been abandoned by one or both of your parents or you've been abandoned by a spouse or a close friend. And this is what the Lord says to you. This is what he said to me when I was going through some really hard things. And so I want, him, I want you to know that he's saying this to you my precious child. I know that you have been surrounded and battered by many troubles in your life, but I haven't left your side. Look inside of you, for that is where I live. When you are going through persecution, remember, I have not abandoned you. You have been struck down, but you are not destroyed. Do not despair, for I know what I have for you. Let me comfort you. That's what he wants to do with all of us. He wants to bring us his comfort. And 2 Corinthians 4 says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. So no matter how much persecution we go through as Christians, we're not abandoned by our Father. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. 
So I'd like to share some things with you on how God has brought thanksgiving into my heart. And the title of this is, I Choose to Give Thanks. See, we have to choose it. And so giving thanks and praising him is a weapon of warfare against the enemy. You know that? It is a weapon of warfare against the enemy. Because you are lifting your hands and you're saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being here with me. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave me. You never forsake me. Thank you, Lord, that greater are you that's in me than he that's in the world. And your focus becomes on him. And no longer on your problems. And you're not listening to what the enemy wants to shoot those poisonous darts into your mind. And so... We no longer focus on the people and the circumstances because we are focused on our Father. And that is so crucial in our life. It takes the focus off ourselves and onto our awesome Father. Giving thanks is at the very core of worshiping our wonderful, almighty God. It's an entryway into his presence giving thanks. Just start giving thanks. Get into his presence. We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and his courts with praise. That song, we enter. Psalms 30 verse 12 says, how could I be silent when it's time to praise you? How could we be silent when it's time to praise you? Now my heart sings out loud, bursting with joy bursting with joy a bliss inside that keeps me singing i can never thank you enough you realize we can never thank him enough he is our joy the joy of the lord is our strength and first thessalonians says rejoice always and delight in your faith be unceasing and persistent in prayer In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to break this down a little bit. Rejoice always and delight in your faith is the first sentence. It doesn't say rejoice when things are going great. (laughs) Does it? No. It says all the time. Rejoice means to show great joy, happiness, and celebration. We come in here and we celebrate and we praise and we thank our God. We come in and celebrate him. And then delight in the Hebrew means soft and pliable. Are you soft and pliable before the Lord? Can he mold you and make you into what he has called you to be? Are you allowing him to do that or you have hardened heart? So how can we rejoice in the midst of hard circumstances? I believe this is the key. When we are allowing God to soften those hard places within our heart by being soft and pliable in his hands, we are no longer looking at the circumstances, but we're looking to God. That's who we're looking at. And speaking to the circumstances. The second one. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. And one of the synonyms to unceasing is unswerving. 
I'm reminded of how some people walk a tightrope. Now, imagine walking a tightrope. We've seen people that have walked tightrope in, in circuses and all different places, but they're walking. Well, where is their focus? They're not doubting that they're not going to reach the end, are they? Uh-uh, they better be thinking really good and knowing very positive that they're going to get to the other side. And that is the way we have to do because it's like walking that tightrope. There are things in our situation that we don't know how in the world we're going to get through. But we're walking with Jesus. We're walking with him, and we're going to get to that other side because he's taking us to that other side. You know, the Bible says that he's already walked our journey. You know, I always picture Jesus walking ahead of me, and he turns around, and there's all these footprints behind him. And now I just have to watch where are those footprints at so that I walk on the path that he wants me to walk. James 1.6 says, but he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting, without doubting. And I believe that's a big key. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that we can move those mountains but have no doubt in our heart. No doubt. And if you're having doubts, because we are human beings, if we're having doubts, then just say, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me not to doubt. Help me to believe what you are saying is really true. Uh, we know many times, you know, I hear people say, well, yeah, I know God can do that for so-and-so, but he's not going to do that for me. And why isn't he going to do that for me? Because, well, I just haven't lived the way I should be all the time. You know, maybe, you know, I messed up in some areas. Well, did you say, I'm sorry? Did you uh, say, God, forgive me? Yes. Well, then, all right, he forgave you, didn't he? <laughs> so let's just move on. Let's find his footprints for your life. Because he always has those steps that he's walked. He's walking your steps right now. And so God's willingness to help for the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about, tossed by the wind. Think about that this morning with the wind. <laughs> a lot of us woke up to the wind, right? It woke us up. And so think about being out in that wind and being tossed into, to and fro, tossed back and forth. Well, that's the way doubt is. Oh, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, no, I can't believe that. Yeah, I can believe that. No, I can't believe that. Yeah? That's doubt. The woman or man that is on that tightrope cannot doubt in any way he has to believe that he's going to the other side and that is what we have to believe we have to believe that we're going to reach the other side and persistent in prayer means that you are not giving up until you get god's answer this belief box we continually thank god for what he's doing here and for what he's going to do because we believe in his promises his promises are yes and amen right I always say I have that bulldog faith that whatever God has spoken to me, he will do it. His promises are yes and amen. And believe me, you try to take a promise from me <laughs> that God has given me, you're not going to get it. Because I'm going to hold on to that. Because I believe with all my heart 
that God spoke that to me. And I'm going to hold on to that. And that's the way he wants us to take a hold of his promises that are in his word. That's God speaking to us. When we open up the Bible, God is speaking to us. So then it says, in every situation, give thanks. Not just those situations that work out the way you want God to do it. See, we can go around and we can say, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. And then it doesn't work out the way we want it. Now we're mad at God. Now we're upset with him because he didn't do what we wanted him to do. And the best thing you can do is release it. Trust God that he has everything. It might take years. I'm waiting on promises for years. But you know what? I'm not giving up because I know what God said. I know and I hold on to that. One day during my worship time with the Lord, I was saying, I love you with all of my heart, my mind, and my soul. And I heard him ask me this, what does it mean to love me with all your mind? I said, well, coming into agreement with your word. He said, when you love me with all your mind, you believe that you have my mind and don't allow Satan's lies to steal your belief. And when we submit to God, we are able to resist the fiery darts of the enemy. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, it doesn't say resist the devil, then submit to God, because that's backwards. That's why it says submit to God first, because you can't resist the devil unless you submit to God. You've got to hand it over to him. So by submitting our mind to God and believing that we have the mind of Christ, we will be able to resist the fiery darts of the enemy and not allow him to steal from us by listening to his negativity. How much are you listening to his negativity? 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. Do you believe that or are you listening to the enemy's negativity? Uh, what about when you're getting older and oh my, I'm losing my mind. Are you saying that? I remember having a dream of someone <clears throat> and um, I saw her going like this on her head and she said, I'm losing my mind, I'm losing my mind. And, and so the Lord had me talk to her and I said, are you doing that? <laughs> and she said, I don't think so. And then she thought about it and she said, yeah, I am. I am saying that. I said, mm-mm, don't say that anymore. You have the mind of Christ. Is he losing his mind? No. Think about when you have different situations that come up and you say, you know, oh, I, I, I just can't think. I just can't think. Well, come on. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. And you have his mind. What would Jesus think? You need to have uh, something solved. You, you have a decision to make. Ask Jesus what he thinks. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> but hard. Mm -hmm. 
Because many, many people do not ask God. They ask everybody else, <laughs> but not ask him. He will show you if you're being attacked in your mind. I've had people come to me, tell me, this is what God told me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> but that's not the God that I serve. He wouldn't talk like that. And there are people that have really believed that God spoke that to them. But, you know, when I talk to them, they're like, they start crying. Because there was so much condemnation on them. And the Bible says there is no condemnation to those that are in Jesus Christ. So you're getting condemnation in your ear, in your mind. That's not God. God convicts us, but he never condemns us. And every time he's ever convicted me, it just, I feel his presence and I weep. Because I know that it's him and I know that he's saying, no, I don't want you doing that. No, I want you to choose to forgive. And when you're here like this, and I don't really want to do that. <laughs> you know? But, all right, God, I will. <laughs> and the best thing we can do on forgiveness is do it right away instead of letting it fester and going down into our heart and causing so much pain inside of us. So... The question is, what thoughts are you believing today? Think about some thoughts that maybe had some condemnation in and you've been believing it about yourself. Hand that over to God. And say, thank you, Lord. There is no condemnation to those that are in Jesus Christ. And I have you in my heart. Convict me where I need to be convicted. I always say, Lord, convict me or vindicate me. So I decided to sit down and write a thank you list to my Abba Father. I've been asking God to see him bigger. Do you want to see him bigger in your life? I want to see him bigger in my life. I'm always asking God, I want to see you bigger. <laughs> and I do. And, you know, these last two years have been very hard for many of us. We've had inflation, government corruption, election, health, and family problems. But Psalms 149.6 says, Let the high praises of God be in their throat and a two-edged sword in their hands. Are you carrying your sword of God's word? That's God's word. Singing triumphant praises to him daily, or are you allowing the enemy of discouragement? Anger, unforgiveness, fear, and worry weigh you down by negative words and thoughts through the enemy of our soul. Think about that. What are you doing? I love this poetic song of thanksgiving. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You are the people of his pleasure. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our awesome God. 
You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. That's how you get through. Praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him. And affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. You know that? He's always good and he's always ready to receive you. And even if the wind wakes you up and you, you can sit and talk to God about it. <laughs> he's so loving that it will amaze you. So kind that it will astound you. And so famous for his faithfulness towards everyone. Everyone knows our God can be trusted. You trust him. You trust him. You rely on him, cling to him, and trust him. For he keeps his promises to every generation. I want to give God a declaration of thanks this morning. And I've taken it from Psalms 46.10, Numbers 11.9, Deuteronomy 32.2, 1 John 4, 18, 2 Timothy 1, 7, and Luke 10, 39 to 42. So make this declaration with me. Thank you, Lord. The dew of your presence is refreshing my mind and heart. Your presence is helping me to focus on you and not other people or situations in my life. I know your presence is vital to my well-being emotionally, physically, and, and spiritually. Therefore, I am revitalized as I sit still and quietly in your presence, knowing that you are my God. Because my mind is renewed and refreshed, I am able to sort out what is important and what isn't. My mind is not dwelling on trivial matters because I have the mind of Christ. I bind the spirit of fear and loose your spirit of peace, love, and joy upon me. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord rises up in me and says, it is written, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ and live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you, Lord, for placing your thoughts in my mind to see your perspective and filling my mouth with your words when I speak in Jesus' name. One morning I was having a rough time with my emotions and I was saying, I don't know, I can't, and I don't feel. That ever sound familiar? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I began thanking him that I do have his wisdom. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And I thanked him that I could feel his presence. Suddenly, I felt my spirit jump within me. You ever feel your spirit? It just jumps within you. And then I heard God say, that's my girl. <laughs> That's my girl. Brought tears to my eyes. See, that's what he says. Hey, that's my boy. That's my girl. This is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. 
I honor a thankful heart. When you continue to thank me, I move in your heart in ways you're not aware of, only knowing that something has taken place inside of you. A thankful heart sees my heart for you. Do you know that? A thankful heart sees his heart for us. A thankful heart doesn't look at the circumstances, but is focused on my love for you. A thankful heart is entangled in my heart. A thankful heart leaps with joy in the midst of sorrows. A thankful heart sings when heaviness is all around. A thankful heart feels my love in a world full of hate. A thankful heart places others' desires above their own. And a thankful heart sees my sunshine in the midst of the clouds. A thankful heart laughs when you feel like crying. A thankful heart sits on my lap and knows that their daddy will listen. A thankful heart is comforted by my words. A thankful heart knows their daddy has everything in the palm of his hands. So what is your greatest concern in your life? Did you know that the concern of the sheep can never be greater than the care of the shepherd? Bring your concerns to him. Bring all your cares to him. That's what he wants us to do. First Thessalonians 5 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice it doesn't say we are to be joyful and pray always when everything is going good. I know that it's harder to be joyful and thankful in hard trials, but I'm not joyful because of what happened because I know my God. That's what gives me joy. In the midst of sorrow, in the midst of hard circumstances, it's him that gives me the joy. I'm going to encourage you to ask God to choose, to help you choose to empty your pockets. Maybe you have a pocket that has anger in. Maybe unforgiveness is in that pocket. Maybe discouragement or bitterness or unforgiveness is in there. God is calling his children to shout out his praises and sing with thanksgiving in their heart. And I love this scripture. It's taken from the message. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. Catch that? Now live him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. You've been in school for how many years? <laughs> now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Well, Father, we just praise you and we worship you, Lord. 
We thank you, Father, for your wisdom, for your direction, for your guidance. We thank you, Father, that when we get up during the night and we can't sleep, that we can talk to you. We thank you, Father, that you are always there for us, that you never leave and you never forsake us. And no matter what hard challenges we are going through, God, you're always there. You stick closer than a brother. You are our Father, our Abba Father. And we are so grateful for you. We thank you that you're our rear guard to protect us that the angel of the Lord is encamped around us, that you have pitched a tent and you are resting with us. Oh, we thank you that you've already walked our journey, that you're way ahead of us. And most of all, we thank you that you live inside of us, that we have the kingdom of God within us. Thank you so much. Now I speak blessing upon blessings, mercy upon mercy, grace upon grace in jesus name many blessings and be blessed at this thanksgiving day gathering with your families or whoever you're gathering with or even if you're not you're gathering with god he's always there with us god loves you and so do we I started talking to her and she kept telling me, I can't take it no more. In the background, I could hear her playing with this gun. You know, I could hear her working the action, loading the gun. And I start praying, Lord, give me the right words to say. Anyhow, several hours later, speaking with her, she put the gun down, so I'm going to get to sleep now. Thank you very much for talking with her. And we hung up, and my first thought was, God, where do these words come from? I had no idea what I was telling her. They weren't my words but there were words that were soothing enough to her to give up the idea that she was going to commit suicide. Uh, Jenny's words were, uh, anyhow, so we're part of that. Uh, for the plaque, you know, it, I don't remember exactly how it says it, but it says, uh, Lord, as I look back, there was only one set of prints in the sand. And the Lord says, that's when I carried you. And that's one of those times where the Lord carried me. Uh, to this day, I, I think about it all the time. I keep that plaque there. It's still there. It's Anyhow, how I got the plaque was uh, this woman went shopping the next day in Silsborough. I just noticed. And she was going through one of the 
what they call kiosks, had these plaques hanging around, and she saw this plaque, and she bought this plaque and gave it to me. So it's always been something that's really meant a lot to me. But how many times have we gone through things, and we look back and wonder how we ever got to where we got and how we got to where we are now. And we know it's a time that the Lord's carried us. Okay.